0: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy.
1: I want to say congratulations because this was a good injunction. It's not it hasn't seen itself all the way through. But Senator, why don't you walk through this case and why you decided to start this process while you were attorney general of Missouri?
2: Sure. It's great to be with you, Charlie. So, well, yesterday was a big win for free speech and uh, I mean, a crushing defeat for censorship. I mean, it's got to hold, but it's a very, very positive uh, injunction that, you know, if the government wants to challenge it, they'll go to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. And I'm sure this case may or may not make it, well, it may or may not make its way all the way to Supreme Court, but this is the most important free speech case in a generation, at least. And so when I was AG, filed this lawsuit, Missouri versus Biden, that alleged that a bunch of different um, Biden administration agencies essentially were suppressing speech, mostly with conservatives. Uh, but you saw it play out. Whether it was the origins of COVID, um, had an opportunity to take Anthony Fauci's deposition. So after I was elected to the Senate, before I was sworn in, we took his deposition. Um, we could talk, we could talk about that if you want to. It's just, it just uh, was mind boggling, but origins of COVID, Hunter Biden laptop theory, we took the deposition of Elvis Chan, who was the FBI agent that essentially was having monthly than weekly meetings, warning these social media giants of a Russian hack and leak operation involving the Hunter Biden laptop, even though they had the laptop in the fall of 2019. And so you saw that you saw whether well, the efficacy of masks, um, transmissibility of COVID with the vaccine. I mean, all these the myriad of these agencies colluding with big tech to censor speech in violation of the First Amendment was the reason we filed the lawsuit. And of course, if you read the judge's uh, ruling yesterday on the injunction, I mean, it's pretty strong language and it shouldn't be lost, Charlie, that this was um, sent out on the 4th of July on Independence Day. I mean, that is not an accident here. And so the judge, you know, this is a federal judge, not me saying it, not you saying it, a federal judge saying that the case arguably involves the most massive attack against free speech in US history in comparing it to this Ministry of Truth, which, of course, we allege in this vast censorship enterprise. And so the government doesn't get to censor speech, and they can't outsource it either. And so I was proud to bring the lawsuit, and we were able to get, you know, pretty deep into discovery, and that evidence essentially ruled the day yesterday. And what it says is that these agencies, from the CDC, to the FDA, to DHS, to White House officials, can no longer do this. I mean, there's an order now on the books preventing them from engaging in this kind of activity. And now in the Senate, we'll try to hold their feet to the fire, but it's a big win. It
1: it is. And there's other components that I want to kind of talk about here. The first of which is we do not know how deep the censorship actually goes. Thanks to Elon Musk and the Twitter files, we can almost connect two separate, otherwise separate pieces, right? Which is the complaint that you started, Missouri v. Biden, then we have all out here Twitter files, standing meetings of the FBI with Joel Roth. We have communications, the FBI uh, with Twitter. We also have Zuckerberg, who went on Joe Rogan's program, who said, oh, yeah, the FBI just kind of showed up and told us that there was going to be potentially Russian disinformation stuff and to be on the lookout for it. Very suspicious. And so, Senator, I'm going to play a piece of tape here of the spin from Pravda, CNN, where they say, oh, it's just communicating this is communicating and then i want you to respond to this why cnn is so wrong here cuz this is the party line by the way senator you're really onto something with this complaint because the re- the ferocious response from the media on this means that we're hitting a nerve a central nerve of something that they're awfully protective over play cut 2 please but the ruling itself is the opposite of judicial conservatism. This is one of the most aggressive, far-reaching rulings you'll ever see. What this judge is purporting to do is to micromanage, really, the day-to-day interactions between essentially the entire executive branch, all these agencies that are listed as defendants, and the leading social media companies. And in the actual temporary injunction, the judge basically says, you're not allowed, administration, to talk to these social media companies about any protected free speech except for cybersecurity threats, national security threats, criminal threats. But where's the line? Well, the line is called the United States Constitution. Senator, your response?
2: No, absolutely, Charlie. Look, this is, it, it's all remarkable. Look, I'm 40, 48. I just turned 48, so I'm Gen X. So I grew up in an era where liberals uh, in organizations like the ACLU, right, defended the First Amendment, I mean, in free speech. And now it's conservatives that are pushing back and saying, wait a minute, we can have a robust debate. We can agree or disagree, but you don't get to censor speech. The government doesn't get to censor speech because they deem it to be, quote, misinformation or disinformation. And now you see these same legacy media outlets like The New York Times who yesterday, you know, had a headline saying this will prevent the government from combating disinformation. I mean, Woodward and Bernstein are dead at this point, right? Like this is just they are now. The, the very amendment that protects their ability to write these stories and issue editorials that protects them, they could care less as long because it's as long as it's sort of the content that they want or the That's viewpoint so that they dangerous. want and they turn now into completely sort of parroting the talking points of the current regime as opposed to, um defending people to speak their mind the first and I think it's important to take a step back Charlie the reason why the first amendment is so important is the founders understood and it's appropriate you know just coming off the fourth of July they they know they knew human nature they had seen what governments have done every tyrant in the history of the world has tried to aggregate power one of the ways they do that is you quell dissent and when the power of the government comes in and says you can say this and you can't say that under penalty of law or the power of the federal government doing that with these myriad of agencies, that's a very dangerous thing because the First Amendment protects that pressure release valve, right? We have a bunch of different viewpoints spread across a continent. And in order to avoid political violence, it's very important for people to feel like they can go into the town square, speak their mind, express themselves, or the virtual town square now. And so, but the Democrats... You know, in in the left, want to narrow that bandwidth of what's acceptable speech. And so you see, this is the reason why political correctness, you know, people pushing back against that. It's the same reason why they find these kinds of instances of censorship so offensive, because they understand viscerally that we need to be able to, you know, express ourselves and the government has no business in regulating that. But yeah, you're right. The legacy media, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, they're losing their minds because they know that they've been in on this whether it was in 2016, whether it was in 2020, whether it was during COVID, they've all been working closely together. They don't like that this could get broken up.
1: And and now we have evidence. Let's just take one example. Hunter Biden laptop. I lost my Twitter account uh, during the Hunter Biden laptop thing for a week because we now can say factually and assuredly, the federal government was basically saying, hey, take this down, take this down, take this down. And by the way, I was put on a Twitter blacklist. And we're even looking at legal action, Senator just from our own personal perspective, especially with this injunction, I think will only make it more likely that we p- could potentially get some sort of uh, relief from losing our social media accounts because we participated in wrongthink. But Senator, I think you hit something very powerful. We only have about three minutes remaining here, but they're going to do this again in 2024. They're using active measures to interfere with the 2024 election. Department of Justice going after, Justice going after Trump is one of the reasons they're so angry. Again, this is just speculation, but yet it makes you wonder, were they planning a censorship 2.0 campaign where they had like that 51 intel agencies using that as a reason? And now this federal judge says, no, no, no you're not even allowed to talk to these agencies. It makes you wonder, did they have a political plan?
2: It's the playbook. It's worked, right? This playbook has worked now. And you mentioned it. If it wasn't for our lawsuit last year, last spring, and then the Twitter files, all of this stuff would still be, quote unquote, a conspiracy theory, right? They'd be able to dismiss all it. So you've got to be courageous. You've got to push back. In the Senate now, I'm actually pushing legislation that I've filed that says, look, if you've engaged in this kind of activity, social media company, you lose your Section 230 protection liability. We also ought to have a private right of action, quite frankly, against government officials who engage in this kind of suppression speech. So there's more to do, but we've got to expose it, number one, which we've done. we got to we have to stop it, which we've now been able to do. And we've got to stay on offense here. There, there isn't I mean, there's so many important issues confronting our country, but I can't think of anything more important than this fundamental idea of being able to speak your mind. It's just it's we're endowed with this right. And government's job is to protect that right, not to infringe upon. it.
0: Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy.